Hi, this is Kathy Krueger. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. And welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to service. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world, people sharing ways to improve your life. And today we have two lovely ladies from the Dutchess County's Animal Farm Foundation. We have three lovely ladies. Oh, Jonah. <laughs> That's cute. He just threw me off. But we have Stacy Coleman. She's the executive director of Dutchess County's Animal Farm Foundation, and Nicole Yukum, who is the foundation manager. So well, let's say hi to Stacy. Hello. And let's say hi to Nicole. Hello. Hi, guys. So tell uh, us, uh, Stacy Coleman, what is the Dutchess County Animal Farm Foundation? Uh, well, let's see. That's a loaded question. Yeah, it it's is. it's the best place in the world. Actually, oh. no, I think I, I do. I have the best job in the world. I'm the luckiest girl in the world. Okay. And what we do is we fight discrimination against dogs, and we help people and their pets. And we do this by uh, working with shelters. We place shelter dogs in to roles traditionally reserved for purebred, purpose-bred dogs. But we like to get our dogs out there and prove that our dogs can do the same things those dogs can, too. You said something I find fascinating. You said you fight discrimination yeah. against dogs. Now, what kind of discrimination are we talking about? Well, there is in some parts of the country, and this is how I got into the work that I do there, where dogs that are labeled pit bull yes, yeah. are discriminated against. And in some cities, it's still legal for the city employees to come in and take your dog and kill them based only on what they look like. It's called breed-specific legislation. Right. Uh, we're actually wow. fighting a lawsuit in Sioux City, Iowa right now. Um, uh, where the uh, town of Sioux City will go in and take someone's pet based only on what the animal looks like. No behavior is considered. Uh, the genetic disposition, uh, the genetic heritage of the animal isn't considered. Yeah, my, Just appearance. Da- my daughter and son-in-law have a, uh, a mixed breed, shall we say, from the, uh, it was a rescue animal, not mm-hmm. like the St. Bernard, it's got the keg under their neck. And not somebody that rescues, not a dog that rescues you, but a dog that was rescued. And uh, it's it's part pit bull. And the only thing, uh, danger if you break into their house is he'll lick you to death. Exactly. <laughs> I know. My dogs would show you where the good stuff is. But can I ask a question? See, this doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I'm, I'm a little nervous because I always had like, you know, golden retrievers and, you know, labs around my kids just because that was the breed that you, you raise with small children, supposedly. And a pit bull because I've heard stories, but I've never heard of a dog being taken away or having kind of legislation against it just because it was a breed. I mean, don't they have to they don't have to do something first. I don't. That's what no, I don't understand. And, um, the the legislation um, sort of became popular in the early two thousands, nineteen nineties, in that particular area, based on media reports. So there was a lot of hysteria around it, and cities and towns were passing sort of knee jerk legislation without really considering the implications. But now we understand the canine genome. The canine genome has been mapped. We know more about genetics and behavior, so we can oh. prove. With beyond a shadow of a doubt that what a dog looks like doesn't determine how a how dog behaves. Be. Yeah. And Nicole Yukum, what is it that you do with the foundation? Um, I work a lot with shelters across the country to help them with some, um, and not so much anymore because shelters are doing really great, but I do help with removing some barriers to adoption. When I did first start Animal Farm, um, some shelters wouldn't adopt out a dog that was labeled a pit bull. Hmm. Unless it went through, the adopters went through a very 
um, large vetting process, but that has really been a quite a turnaround since. So now we talk about removing breed labels in shelters because when dogs come in, you know, 75% of the time, if they don't have any paperwork with them, um, the shelters are just guessing um, what they are. By the look, yeah. you mean? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just by looking at them. Hmm. Now, do you folks actually run a shelter? Are, are dogs available for adoption in your place of business, or is it just that you're an advocacy group, Nicole? Um, we used to do adoptions, but we've recently moved away from adoptions, and we focus specifically on our service dog program, where we take dogs from shelters that would be labeled pit bulls and um, train them to do service dog work. Now, when you say service dog, you mean guide dogs for the blind and, and the hearing impaired, uh, canine dogs to sniff out drugs and bombs and things? I mean, what, what are we talking about with a service dog? So we train specifically tra- task-trained dogs. Um, so dogs that will help pull a wheelchair or wow. pick things up. Um, and we're slowly moving into training other types of service dogs, like psychiatric service dogs, um, and some of the dogs that uh, fail out of the service dog program, because you have to be a really, really well-behaved dog to be a service dog, um, will go on and sometimes do emotional support dog work. That's fabulous. Like a therapy dog type thing, right? Or a, th- a therapy dog is a dog that goes into hospitals right, and things right. like that. Um, an emotional support dog is a dog that stays at home with somebody and helps um, oh, okay. support them emotionally. We had Got two it. guests, uh, Stacy Coleman, executive director of uh, Dutchess County's Animal Farm Foundation, uh, in, in past years. Uh, one was a member of my Rotary Club, uh, yes. Nikki Weaver, Molly. who had our Molly, our service mm-hmm. dog, who, as you said, went to hospitals and cheered the kids up and, and helped out stroke victims. But we also had a, a lady who, if you remember, uh, uh, Kathy, her dog could sniff when she was going to have a, uh, a seizure. diabetic or a, episode. Or a, yes, right. Yeah. And is that the kind of thing that you, you train people for, Stacy or Nicole? I'll, I'll go ahead and take this one. Train yeah. dogs, yeah. 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 So, uh, dogs, yeah. Yeah, what we do is we train dogs to do functions for people. So our dogs live with the person that they're going to be helping with for, for the lifetime and of the the. The pairing, so they're not dogs that go in and visit other people. They live with the person that they've been specifically trained to help. And wow. we're going to find out more about that in just a moment. But who keeps us in dog food and other luxuries here, Miss Kathy Kruger, <laughs> by sponsoring Radio Rotary this week? Well, Jonah, uh, Radio Rotary this week is sponsored by Salisbury Bank and Riverside Bank, Absolute Auction and Realty, and by the Rotary Clubs of Brewster, Carmel, East Fishkill, Fishkill, Goshen, Highland, Hyde Park, Kinderhook, Tri-Village, Kingston, Liberty, Millbrook, Nanuet, Newburgh, and New City, New York. I'll be back with more Radio Rotary after these important messages. Together, we build schools out of abandoned buildings. Together, we bring food to hungry children in need. Together, we see solutions instead of problems. We are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, community leaders in your neighborhood and around the globe, brought together to do one thing, make more good happen. Connect with us at rotary.org. Together, we are Rotary, and we are people of action. Hi. This is Beth Jones of Third Eye Associates Limited, providing life planning, financial transition planning, and wealth management strategies to help you integrate your life and your money. We are a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in New York City, Washington, D.C., and Red Hook, New York. Contact us to see how you can put Third Eye to work for you. ThirdEyeAssociates.com or call us at 845-752-2216. 
addiction, it can ruin relationships, lead to job insecurity, legal troubles, and health issues. It can also lead to death. 160,000 Americans are dying each year from alcohol or drug-related deaths, but sobriety is possible. Do you or a loved one have an addiction to drugs or alcohol? This is Andrew O'Grady, CEO of Mental Health America of Dutchess County and the Mid-Hudson Addiction Recovery Centers, The Mark Agency. The Mark Agency has a full range of addiction services at no cost to you. It starts with detox and rehab and then offers halfway houses serving men and women and finally long-term sober housing. It's time to get sober. It's time to call the Mark Crisis Center at 471-0310. Get serious about improving your life and kicking that addiction. It's time to stop disappointing yourself and others and it's time to reach your full life's potential. Call 471-0310 anytime, day or night. This has been your monthly MHA and Mark Agency Mental Health Minute. Remember, there's no health without mental health. Hi, this is Tony Marmo from Norman Staffing, and we've been bringing together employers and job seekers since 1980. If you're an employer and have job vacancies, let Norman Staffing help fill them with permanent or temporary workers. We screen, interview, and recommend the best candidates for your company. We make the employment process easier and faster for you. Please call Norman Staffing for your employment needs at 338-9111, 338-9111, or normanstaffing.com. Welcome back to Radio Rotary. This is Jonah Tree Bosser. My regular co-host, Sarah O'Connell, is not here this week, but we have Kathy Kruger, our producer, the boss lady on the mic. Hi, Kathy. You got to stop the boss lady thing. But yes, but it's true. It is. It is nice to be here, but I'm no Sarah. So (laughs) bear with me. (laughs) And we have as our guest, Stacey Coleman, executive director of Dutchess County's Animal Farm Foundation. Welcome back, Stacey. Thank you very much. And with her is the foundation manager for the Dutchess County Animal Farm Foundation, Nicole Yukum. Hi, Nicole. Hi. Thanks for having us. So for people who may have joined in late, tell us, Stacy, again, what is the uh, Dutchess County Animal Farm Foundation? We are a private operating foundation dedicated to ending discrimination against dogs and their people and also uh, making a difference in our community. And uh, Nicole, you guys do a lot of training for uh, service dogs, you were telling us. And uh, uh, But the one I'm really interested in is the canine dogs that uh, detect uh, bombs and drugs and very exotic things like that. How do you train those folks? So we actually fund the training through a grant program. Our trainer is out of San Antonio, Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, His company is Sector Canine. Um, And he, uh, along with us, find dogs in shelters and train them to detect drugs and guns. And And then then these dogs get uh, assigned to various police departments. Yep, yep. We've, I think, placed about 50 dogs so far across the country. Uh, We offer them at no charge to the departments. Um, We pay for all the the initial training for the dogs. And we're hoping to get a lot more dogs in the school systems this year because it's really important to us. So now would be a good time to give your contact information if people are interested in what you do and uh, perhaps even might want to help volunteer with the work or have a dog they would like trained. Uh, What's your contact information, folks? So you can go and visit us online at animalfarmfoundation.org, or you can give us a call at 845-868-7559. Repeat that, please, Nicole. Sure. You can go online and visit us at animalfarmfoundation.org, or you can give us a call at 845 
868-7559. And folks at home, get a pencil and paper because we'll have our great guests repeat that in the next part of the show. I was wondering, you have animal shelters and they have a dog and the dog isn't being rescued by a family yet. Um, are there characteristics that they're looking for that they can call you about and say, hey, I think I've got a dog that, that might be good for you? Uh, absolutely. Okay. They can they can let us know if they have a dog that they think will fit the program. One of the things that's very, very important to us in this program is that we only take dogs that enjoy the work. So uh, it's important to us that we know that the dog has the temperament and the personality and the disposition now, how, to how want to do How can you tell it? Because you can't do an interview. <laughs> so how can well, you tell? Well, it's a working interview. So really? what we do is, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we start the training process. Uh, we'll uh, spend some time with the dog doing some of the things that the dog will need to do when they're either working as a canine or working as an assistance, a service dog. And if the dog decides the dog would rather sit on the couch, they go to the bus stop. The dog sits on the couch. We we put the dog into an adopted home. And that's, oh, okay. That's, that's my kind of dog. Why don't you sit on the couch? <laughs> the couch. My kind of dog, too. Not my kind of dog. My dog and the dog, like, drags me out to the bus stop, literally. <laughs> so, Stacey, you mentioned uh, a service animal. What is a service dog? How, how is that defined? There are lots of different kinds of service dogs, and uh, the Americans with Disability Act is specifically vague on defining what a service dog is right. because disabilities are as individual as the people who have them. Right. And the need that the person has for uh, a service dog is as individual as that person. So our dogs are all task trained. All of our dogs are, are trained to do a specific function for the person that they are paired with. Um, they can do anything from alert to like you were talking about, a seizure alert right. to opening a door. We just placed a dog uh, with somebody who is uses a wheelchair for mobility, and she works in a correctional facility, and the doors are very heavy. Mm, and so yes, this dog in particular had to learn how to open and close very heavy doors. Did they get like a little correction officer uniform for the dog? That'd be so cool. It's funny. We get photos of our dogs wearing amazing outfits <laughs> is that right? they've yeah. gone to work. Yep. Absolutely. But there, there, you, there's got to be specific training that you do, and you must spend hours with these dogs. I mean, I have a daughter who has Tourette syndrome, and sometimes it's very, she can go through some really bad, they call them tick storms, and her, you know, she's in constant movement, and she's sweating, and she's making noises, and I'll have a, my dog, actually, who's a little yellow lab, has been around her so much that this doesn't do anything that phases her anymore and she's very a calming actually effect on my daughter when she's having such a bad time so it's it's amazing how they adapt so quickly sometimes to exactly. a certain person's disability exactly you know? and that's why uh the the ada is is intentionally vague, vague. on that yeah. because they don't want to dictate what is or isn't a service dog which also leads to something we were talking about earlier some people unfortunately mm -hmm. fake having a service dog so they can take their dog into a place a dog would otherwise not be permitted. Let's get into that in just a second. But I know when I was a kid, the only kind of service dogs you saw regularly were guide dogs for the for blind, blind right. because of veterans who had lost their mm -hmm. sight in, the, in the World War II or Korea. And now we have service dogs, uh, emotional support dogs. But as you say, there are people who will just go on the internet and get a, a vest for the dog and suddenly they can bring the dog into the restaurant. And when the restaurateur says, look, the health department doesn't want a dog in here. Oh no, they're a service dog. How big a problem is that? And how, how do we deal with that? Uh, I'm not sure how to characterize how big of a problem it is. I know we, I've experienced, I've seen people who are faking it. I've yeah, actually had yeah. words with somebody that admitted that she was faking 
um, that the dog was a service dog. Right. Uh, so I think it is an issue, and I feel really horrible for, for biz, places of business who are trying to comply mm-hmm. and have equal access for the people who genuinely need the use of an animal for uh, equal access to enjoy the same things the rest of us do. And as an organization, we take a very strict stance against that. You know how I, I personally think I can tell which are the legitimate and the, the pseudo-service dogs? <laughs> Your legitimate service dogs are superbly trained, yeah. and they sit there and they never take the eye off of their uh, human, all right? The person they're there to help. Whereas the ones that are, you know, just, it's a, usually a brand new vest right out of the box, and they're all over the map. They're not trained. They're not behaving themselves. Uh, is that something that, uh, am I right on that? Or Well, it depends on what the purpose of the animal is. So some service dogs are for uh, use in a home. Some are for use in public, and some are for both. Yeah. So it, it depends. And one of the things we talk to our clients about, too, is that if you have a dog that is trained to perform a particular function for you, and you take that dog out of its normal working environment, you need to do some extra training so that the dog becomes used right. to that because they're still an animal. And they're still a dog. It's interesting because I, I um, we were at a, a concert in Pleasant Valley where there was a dog that just got accepted to the Hyde Park school system that's going to be there for support for the kids at the Hyde Park school. And she, the dog was specifically trained that when it has its jacket on, it acts this way, but as soon as that jacket is off, it can be a, a, a dog, I guess is what I want to say, that, that will do dog things that, you know, exactly <laughs> chase right. balls and run around and lick you and everything else. But the minute the jacket goes back on, that dog knows right. what and it's supposed to do. That's just fair communication for the dog. So yes. that's setting the dog up to, to succeed. So mm-hmm. now we've made it very clear to the dog. And this is how we communicate. Nicole, yeah. uh, if there are people out there who might uh, are dog lovers and want to help out, uh, do you have a task for volunteers at the uh, Animal Foundation? Um, because we are currently uh, really focusing on our service dog program, we're not taking any new volunteers at the moment. Um, but definitely check back in with us um, in a few months once we have our program set up for our volunteers. And we'll have our listeners check back with us and our great guests after these important messages. Together, we build schools out of abandoned buildings. Together, we bring food to hungry children in need. Together, we see solutions instead of problems. We are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, community leaders in your neighborhood and around the globe, brought together to do one thing, make more good happen. Connect with us at rotary.org. Together, we are Rotary, and we are people of action. Salisbury Bank and Trust Company offers personal and business banking, residential mortgages, commercial lending, and trust and wealth management services. With 14 locations throughout the tri-state region, in Dutchess, Orange, and Ulster counties, the northwest corner of Connecticut, and southern Berkshire County, Massachusetts, which includes our Riverside Division offices in Poughkeepsie, Red Oaks Mill, Fishkill, New Paltz, and Newburgh. Salisbury Bank is your local bank in your community, making local decisions and delivering the highest quality of customer service. Salisbury Bank is your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Visit them at SalisburyBank.com. That's SalisburyBank.com. Salisbury Bank and Trust, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Salisbury Bank, enriching. Hi, this is Sue Doyle of Absolute Auction and Realty. Back in 1946, we began serving the auction and appraisal needs of the Hudson Valley. 
Today, our clientele spans the globe, but we still consider each person we meet to be an important member of our AAR family. From specialty collections to real estate, antique and estate to vehicles, we auction it all for people just like you. Whether you're a seasoned auction enthusiast or a novice, our website, AARauctions.com is packed with tips and examples designed to make your buying and selling experiences the best they can be. So enjoy your visit to AARauctions.com, tell your friends about us, and please come back often. That's AARauctions.com. Hi, I'm Rotarian Adam Kane for Poughkeepsie Nissan. From the economical Nissan Versa to the luxurious Nissan Armada to the exciting all-new electric Nissan Leaf, we have the right car for you. Come see our wide selection of new and previously owned vehicles at Poughkeepsie Nissan, Route 9 in Wappingers Falls, and visit us at PoughkeepsieNissan.com or call me direct, Adam Kane at 866-703-2288. That's 866-703. 32288 Poughkeepsie Nissan lower prices and higher standards. Welcome back to Radio Rotary. This is Jonah Trebowasser. I'm joined at the mic by our producer, Kathy Kruger. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Jonah. And we have two just absolutely terrific guests. Yeah, Not only we do. are they great uh, and informative people, but they are really doing terrific work. Uh, with dogs and uh, helping people who uh, need help from dogs. They're Stacy and, Coleman. And all kinds of dogs. Oh, yeah. We're going to find out more all about that. All kinds of dogs. That's yeah. Stacy Coleman, Executive Director of Dutchess County's Animal Farm Foundation, Nicole Yukum, who is the foundation manager. Now, Stacy, uh, Animal Farm brings back uh, junior high school and reading George Orwell. Is that based anything on, like, do the dogs take talk to each other and take over? Sometimes I think they do. <laughs> I think they do. <laughs> uh, no, actually, we um, are. We were founded in, initially as a horse rescue, and oh, uh, really? the, okay. yeah, and the woman who founded us, uh, founded our organization, got herself a pit bull dog by accident. She right. just went to the shelter and adopted a dog, and she was uh, really horrified at the discrimination that she experienced and her dog experienced. So she decided to switch her efforts to the dogs. She specifically gave us a very vague sort of name in Animal Farm Foundation because uh, we also have rescue cows, rescue horses. And once we get this dog thing solved, we'll be uh, moving on to uh, farm animals too. I would, oh, like to, cool. I would like to be the first person to have a service cow. <laughs> we can probably <laughs> set you up with that. <laughs> It'd be very moving. <laughs> oh, oh no. No. no, 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 no. Nicole, save me here, Nicole. So oh, um, uh, give us the website once again. And if people are interested in volunteering or perhaps helping you out uh, financially, what's the website? It's animalfarmfoundation.org. And the phone number? 845-868-7559. And folks, don't get that pencil and paper. We'll have them repeat that before the end of the show. So if there's one message you want to deliver about um, having a dog in the home or uh, having a dog as a service animal, what message would that be, Stacy? Well, geez, that's a big question. Okay, so I think, well, I was hoping you'd fill the next seven minutes with it. I, I can. Don't don't Go don't right tempt ahead. me. Yeah. I, I've never She's been accused right of ahead. being yeah. short on words. So, I think animals really enhance our lives and dogs especially. So if if you look at the statistics, if if our country experiences a recession and spending falls off, the one industry that is never impacted is um, the pet industry. So even when we're cutting back on other things, we're still spending our money on our pets, which says an awful lot. Even like food pantries, you know, they make yeah. sure they get food for their Well, they're animals. members of the family. Yeah, exactly. They are Absolutely. members of our family. 
But you have a you have an interesting program. Talk about the program that you're working with out of Rikers Island because this is something that people just don't hear about. For, for those who may not know, Rikers Island is the uh, correctional facility in New York City. Yeah. So what we have done is partnered with Rikers Island. They have a full-time dog trainer on staff there. And we supply dogs for the inmates and detainees to train. And these are the um, prisoners there that have earned the right to live in a dormitory-type environment. Mm -hmm. We give them dogs. And they are required to, among themselves, work out how that dog is going to re. Uh, receive care for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So there is training that happens. There's grooming, feeding, walking, playing, and uh, the dogs come back. They have a great time. The dogs think they're on vacation because they get so much <laughs> great care. <laughs> wow. And they're training the dogs to do what now? What they're doing is is helping us to get to know the dogs better. Okay. So it's great for uh, the guys involved in the program because they get an opportunity to do something to give back and take care of something. Uh, but for us, we learn a lot about our dogs because Rikers is a kind of chaotic place sometimes. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, so we learn a lot about our dogs there, but they come back with their basic training. They have their manners. They've been taught how to behave in a crate. They socialize. They meet new people. So uh, what we do then when the dogs come back, it actually works out great for us. Uh, they come back and we decide whether or not they can go into one of our specialized programs or if they just need to go into an adoptive home. And you're, when you say they're adopted home, but your specialized programs. Now, that's like the canine. Right. That's the canine program or the service dog program. The service dog program. Right. So, uh, what, Nicole, yeah. what got you interested in this kind of work? I just really love animals. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's like the best reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and don't like discrimination. Right. So. See, I I've, I just never thought about that word discrimination and dogs in the same sentence. Right. But well, it's actually discrimination against their owners. So, oh, um, okay. well, the dogs don't read laws. They don't know how to comply with laws. Laws. But I what like happens that. is that the the uh, city councils decide that they're going to discriminate against the people, and we have had instances of of of, of people actually saying well, we don't want this particular segment of population in our community, so we're going to ban their dogs because then they will leave too. So oh the, this is an anti-handicap situation because of the blind people, or is it just because people are afraid of, as you said earlier in the show, pit bulls? Uh, There's a a couple of different issues there. Yes, we also fight discrimination against the people who use the dogs for for access. Uh, We have uh, filed lawsuits, especially a big one in Aurelia, Iowa, where um, a service dog was taken away out of the home of a man who relied on the dog for balance and mobility inside the home. You are kidding us. Oh, my God. That's atrocious. It is atrocious. But we won, and it was a swift win. Oh, perfect. And so we've moved leaps and bounds there. We're still fighting the discrimination where pet dogs are taken away because of what they look like. You know, because, yeah, you hear things of things that happen with dogs. And, and I don't believe any dog is ever born mean. You know, something probably happened to them along their life at some point in time and something triggered them to do whatever they did. You know, so it's just so sad that that people would discriminate against them for for doing nothing, you know, except for helping somebody else. You right. know, it's, it's, just, it's kind of lazy thinking. It's, yeah, it's, it is. It's the unwillingness to see the individual. Yes. And uh-huh. Stacey, what got you interested in this kind of work? We asked Nicole before. 
uh, what got me interested in this kind of work is when I lived in Indianapolis, Indiana in uh, the year of 2001, the mayor of Indianapolis decided he was going to round up and kill all the pit bull dogs. And just a couple of months before, I'd picked up a stray dog off the street who happened to fall into that category. And I looked at my dog and I looked at what I gave back to the community. I, I was a chronic volunteer. I paid my taxes. I was a homeowner. I volunteered with Special Olympics. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm not going to take this. And I I organized dog owners and we fought and we won. Oh, good for you. I know my own personal experience uh, has been when I've had occasion to go door to door in Red Hook uh, for a particular event and, you know, drop off brochures and stuff. It's not the big dogs that are after you. They're out there. They'll put their paws on you and lick you to death. It's the little ones that like look (laughs) like the top of a mop head, you know? So, you know. You can't tell the breed by the cover. You know, no. the book by the cover. You can't tell the breed just by what may have happened on one or two of them. You know, folks, you have to keep an open mind. Yeah. So in the minute we have left, tell us, Nicole, that website again and what kind of uh, help you folks need. Um, you can go on to our website and donate to our many different programs at animalfarmfoundation.org or give us a call at 845-868-7559. Stacey Coleman and Nicole Yukum, thank you for everything you're doing to keep uh, pets in our homes. And thanks very much for joining us today on Radio Rotary. Thank you. Thanks for loving those dogs. And Kathy, who do we have to thank for sponsoring Radio Rotary this week? Well, we can thank Third Eye Associates, Mental Health America of Dutchess County, Mark, Mid-Hudson Addiction Recovery Center, Norman Staffing, Poughkeepsie Nissan, and the Rotary Clubs of New Paltz, Patterson, Pearl River, Philmont, Pleasant Valley, Poughkeepsie Arlington, Red Hook, Rhinebeck, Southern Ulster, Suffern, Walkill East, Wappinger Falls, and Warwick Valley, New York. For the entire Radio Rotary team, my co-host Sarah O'Connell will be back next week. Our producer, Kathy Kruger, and the Wizard of the Buttons, our great engineer, Mr. Jay Verzi. This is Jonah Trebowasa thanking you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next week at this very same time for another edition of Radio Rotary. And don't forget our website, RadioRotary.org. Hi, this is Kathy Kruger, producer of Radio Rotary. If you are listening now, so are your customers. You can advertise on Radio Rotary for as little as $25 per week. Call me, Kathy Kruger, at 845-635-3499. That's 845-635-3499 for full details. Or email me at info at radiorotary.org. That's info at radiorotary.org. Looking forward to working with you. Together, we build schools out of abandoned buildings. Together, we bring food to hungry children in need. Together, we see solutions instead of problems. We are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, community leaders in your neighborhood and around the globe, brought together to do one thing, make more good happen. Connect with us at rotary.org. Together, we are Rotary, and we are people of action.